program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> <laughs> JB, you start sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. I okay. hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I Absolutely. like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same thing. <laughs> and he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only... Yes, hello listeners and welcome to the Best of Ass Summer Special. Today is Saturday, August 25th. I hope that you've had a fabulous summer. My own has been kind of shitty. <laughs> kind of basic. Kind of ho-hum. Hasn't been much going on. Um, but uh, we are coming at you from the DNR studios. Obviously, we are not live, so don't call in. Uh, all episodes of The Ass are available on iTunes and other audio services. Leave us your ratings and reviews. Like the Facebook page. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Email my co-host, Ryan Frostig, at ryan at adamsank.com. Yes. And uh, with me today, as always, are Ryan Frostig. Here I am. And JB. Hi. And we are uh, we're doing this. Um, first of all, we're going to be bringing you uh, some past guest segments. Some throwbacks. Clips. Some throwbacks. Um, from the past few months, some of our favorite guests you're going to be hearing today, including Peter Page, the fabulous Peter Page from Queer as Folk. Loved him. Porn star turned comedian Aaliyah Janine. Greg Scarnici, who I don't even know how you describe Greg. He's a multi-hyphenate. Could describe him in a couple ways. Comedian, singer, songwriter, drag queen, so many things. And, uh, and comedy duo Stone and Stone, one of the only identical twin comedy duos in the world uh we had fun with all of them and you'll be hearing those segments a little later but we're all gonna, also going to be talking about some brand new things that i've yes. gathered together and some of these have been on my story list for weeks or months and i figured now that uh, we're doing the, the the best of ass special we might as well get to them clean out the, the inbox as they say let's do it let's unpack this shit so the first thing i want to talk about and jb you're actually the audience for this because i don't think you know anything about this but Ryan and I recently had something happen. <laughs> it was really me who had it happen, but Ryan was intimately was, involved. Yes. And I kind of want to get JB's opinion, and I would love to hear any listener feedback as well. Ryan and I met this guy together. We were in the same place at the same time. We met this guy who we will call Marshall. Yes. And he was a sexy guy, and he... Um, was kind of flirty with both of us, but he seemed to express more interest in me. And he and I left the location we were at, went back to my place, and fucked. And it was good. He fucked me, of course. Now, bottom. Bottom. Immediately afterwards, like while he was still inside me, he was like, this was great. I want to see you again. When, can, when are you free? Um, you know, I think you're really cool. Let's get together, blah, blah, blah. Like he was very eager for more. 
to the point where I was kind of like, okay, slow down. He was a little sure. younger than me. Mm. A little younger. A little. A lot. <laughs> a lot closer in age to Ryan than me. But I was like, okay. So he left and um, he was immediately texting me. He was actually trying to come back later that night to text me. And I was like, no, it's, you know, wait. And then the next day he's like, hey, handsome, when can I see you again? When are you free this week? And I was basically like, okay, how about this Tuesday night you come over? I'll make, because he's like, let's go out to dinner. And I was like, uh, how about I make you dinner? Because I, I prefer to make people dinner if it's a weeknight, because mm-hmm. then everything starts earlier and ends earlier and I have to get to bed. And he's like, can I sleep over? And I was like, because, you know, you can t- turn your mic on, JB. I want you to be part of this. I don't really uh, like having people sleep over, especially at first, because I don't sleep well. I yeah. sleep horribly with a new person and it was a weeknight, but I, but he lives kind of far away from Manhattan and I was like, oh, all right, you can sleep over. So the day of the dinner, the Tuesday in question, he's texting me, I can't wait for tonight. I'm so excited to see you. No, show. no. Suddenly I get a text from Ryan. Ryan, you can take over this part of the story. So basically I was on a dating app and called Bumble. Bumble. And at this point, I'm not even paying attention when I'm on those apps. I'm just swiping, 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 swiping. And I'll, there are many times where I'll match with someone and I didn't even realize that I had even like swiped right on them. And so I get a message from Marshall saying, hey, sexy, dot, 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 woof, with a emoji Woof. Like W-O-O-O-O-F. Yeah. Okay. Was it sexy or cutie? I think it was sexy. I think it was sexy. And the emoji was kind of like a silly face, right? It was the one where it's like the wink, but the tongue out. Oh, that one. Yeah. Okay. So, being an amazing friend. Yes. I screenshot the message and I sent it to Adam. Just to... Because it seemed to me... Like there were there are a couple uh, key keywords here that that implied that he was trying to make some sort of a sexually suggestive pass. We should also mention at this point that Marshall, on the day that he met the two of us, friended Ryan on Facebook. Oh, yes. And started liking a bunch of his pictures, but didn't friend me. Right. And also like our our Facebook accounts. I mean, if you go to my page, I'm all over you'll it. You'll see Adam and vice everywhere. versa. So he sent this to me and he's like, I just think you should know this. And I immediately texted Marshall and I was like, are you really hitting on Ryan on the same night that I'm making you dinner and you're spending the night? And he was like, LOL. I wasn't hitting on him. I was just saying, hi, I always do that when I see friends on dating apps. You're not really mad, are you? And I was like, Dude, you're not coming over tonight. This is over. We're done. Because it, he, like, we, he could have said nothing, or if he was going to say something, it could have been like, "Hey, lol." Hey, sweetie. Yeah. Or hey, whore. Like I would have been if I saw someone that I wasn't interested in on a dating site, and I just wanted to say hi. I'd be like, "You fucking whore." You know, like look at you trying to get dick or whatever. I would. The last thing I would do is say, if I met two guys and I started seeing one of them, 
the last thing I would do is send a message to the other one on a dating app that says, hey, sexy, woof. That is not a way to say hello to someone. I mean, granted, it's not, but... Okay, so in my head, right, I'm putting myself in the Please. Situation. So my, if, if, if I'm a free agent, right, and I see two friends, and I talk to each other, I get with one, but I won't get the other. I, I feel like, to me, he was trying to get to both of y'all and just... Just, just to beat both of y'all, just to see which, just see which one was better to keep coming back. Yeah, yeah. I, he was trying to play us both. I mean, I see, but there's you calling it play. I don't think it's play. I feel like it'd be playing you guys if you had like a committed thing going on. But if you were just fucking, then it shouldn't matter. But JB, here's what I said to him. I go, you could have hit on a thousand different guys, on a thousand different apps, and I wouldn't have known, and I really wouldn't have cared. Like, of course, like what you just said, we're not yeah. committed to each other. We just met. But you're the one who's acting like, oh, my God, when can I see you this again? Special. He, he's is- pushing this and making it seem like he's super interested in me. And then he hits on one of my two closest friends in the world that he knows is one of my closest friends. That to me was just disrespectful. Yeah. And also the point that you made which was that if I had responded and I had said like, Hey, sex, you know, if I right. had responded, if he had responded in kind, right, then he probably would have, you know, like once he got caught and I, you know, there was a part of me that felt a little bad. Like I really threw him under the bus, but it was also like, I, I know Adam very well. And I knew that that would upset. I knew that would upset you. I wanted to be there to just be like, this is what is going you on. You want to be a good friend. And, yeah. that, and what you did was what you're supposed to do. Ryan did the right friend. thing. Yeah. And. You know, it, it wasn't a big fucking deal. I just was kind of like, I was already a little cautious about this guy because he seemed to be over eager. And this to me just sealed the deal. I was like, you're a fucking player. And if you can't, if you're such a sex addict that you can't even stay away from like my best friend who you met with me. Right. And then he kept trying to say like, no, no, but I, I wasn't trying to get with him. I swear I was only interested in you. I wouldn't do that. And, just, and I was like, just admit it. Well, that's just thing. admit what you did. Own up to it. Own like, up to it. Just be like, you know what? I'm in like, I think you guys are both attractive. I was just, you know, I, I saw him like he was trying to deny it. He was trying to backpedal and it just fucked up, fucked up. Anyway, so that's uh, something that we've spent a lot of time discussing. And he, and he, until very recently, he was still texting me, trying to convince me basically to give him another chance and that he wasn't really trying to get something going. And then finally, I think he just gave up and moved on. Yeah. This is why I'm single, by the way. When people ask me, it's because shit like this happens to me constantly. All right. We are going to, um, to look back now at one of our uh, favorite interviews from the past few months. Ryan was actually co-hosting on this day, but he had left because he used to have to leave yeah, before to the interview to get to his job. To my amazing job. So this was Stone and Stone, these identical twin um, comedians who I've known for years. And Todd Stone recently came out after many years in the closet. Todd's gay and Adam is straight. Um, and so we talked to him about coming out and about like our first time having sex. It actually came out that he's never sucked a dick. This is someone in his late 30s. Um, so we talked about that and about the fact that I myself was a huge slut in high school with both boys and girls. Uh, so take a listen to Stone and Stone from back on June 10th, 2018. Do you know that I've never given a full-on blowjob? What? Uh-huh. All right. Yet, well, 
And yet I've been. Are we gonna get the into only that? reason why I mention this, listeners, is that <laughs> Adam keeps telling me to put the mic. The mic is very phallic and it's like it's right thick. in front of my it's face. It's like a beer can and, cock. And it, so and he keeps telling me to yeah. bring my mouth closer to it. So that's the only reason. I just want to make that. sure that we hear you. Now, uh, so speaking of which, we were all on uh, Last Comic Standing mm-hmm. Season we 6 were. together back in 2008. You two made it a lot farther than I did. Because no. I have no talent. Hardly. Stop it, that it's a joke. Now, I had always assumed that you were both gay <laughs> uh, as, we, as we recently. <clears throat> Uh, determined, but it turns out only one of you is gay, and and the gay one, Todd, you only came out fairly recently. Yeah. What? what how did that work? When did you come out, and how? So I, I guess it was a process. Should I tell the whole story? We got nothing know. but time here. Really? Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So, well, I guess I came out. Is this? Uh, I came out to my parents and to my brother first to to my brother. Yeah. Um, when I was um. 18 or 19. I was 19. just 19. And, and I always then, think of that number as Can I Bruno? be serious? Yeah, yeah. Yes, please. Okay. Oh, serious? It's, okay. a, it's a dramedy. It's a dramedy. It's a dramedy. <laughs> when I was, uh, when I tell people my story, it's no longer going to be intimate because I will have said this on the, but anyway, oh, it, no. it still will be intimate. It's in, this is intimate right now, right? Yes, yeah, very. There's like four people in the room. A, you have a, you yeah, have yeah, our yeah. attention. So, we, hear right we only so, have, we only have several hundred listeners. It's a boutique show. Excellent. I like that. So I, I told my brother when I was 19, sophomore year of college mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I was probably more interested in, I wasn't necessarily straight is the way I put it. Kind of like, is that how you put it? I don't remember that. Well, I said that to the, to all, to mom and dad. Oh, okay. Okay. But maybe to you. I'm not necessarily straight. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I said that to mom and dad. I said, you know, I'm not necessarily like all, you know, like I don't necessarily like girls exclusively, but anyway, so, so I said that to you first, then to the parents about Mm -hmm. two weeks later, 19 years old. Okay. Then a few, let me interrupt for one sec. Adam, when he told you that, were you surprised or did you have an inkling? You know, I I didn't really think about it or care. I, I mean, it was really just like when you're of that age, like, you know, you have your mindset, you assume everyone is kind of thinking the way you do about sexuality and stuff. But like, you know what the weird thing about being told that someone's gay? If someone, if you find out that someone's gay, I think everyone just automatically connects the dots. And it's like, oh, okay, I could see that. Now that you say that, okay, that makes sense. And that could be about anyone on the planet. Right. Like you say, oh, that person's gay. Okay, so they're like that. That makes sense. So like, like yeah, I had a little of, okay, that would make, but no, I didn't see but it. But I have I to imagine care. when it's your identical <clears throat> twin who comes out to you, yeah. it's not the same as when a, a non-twin brother or a sister or a, a friend comes out to you, you right? I because hear, you, you grew up like, yeah. Fused at the at the hip. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, know. not literally. They're not Siamese. Yeah, that's but. yeah. I don't know. We've I, never even really had this conversation about like, did you know? Oh, good. Well, no. I, I love I, this. Someone, you, some twin woman, the twin woman asked me that. You weren't on the phone, but I was I talking still about that. I haven't met her. <coughs> yeah, and anyway, there's a twin specialist who we've been talking to. Anyway. <laughs> like yeah, a twin yeah. therapist? No, no sp- like no, a specialist. She, we she's, met her once and she's, she's like an academic and she's been interviewing. She's studying you. She's studying us. So... I don't, I, I really haven't, yeah, when he said it, I was like, okay, cool, I could see that, fine, and then, but I didn't know, it was a surprise. Right. And, uh, but not a huge one, and then it's like, okay, cool, let's, what's the next step? Let's move forward. Sorry if that's not And I wasn't afraid exciting, to tell but, him, and I wasn't yeah. afraid that he would be at all, you know, not accepting. Yeah, I mean, right. we, we did, sto- after that moment, we stopped having sex with each other, because I exactly. thought that might be a little... <laughs> 
<laughs> triggering or something for him because yeah. I thought it was just we, we just yeah, had sex, but it wasn't a yeah, gay. We thought it was just a twin thing. thing. And then I was connection. like, okay, you know what? Now can I tell yeah. you if my friend Walt is listening to this? He yeah. just started masturbating because that's his <laughs> ultimate fantasy. Oh, really? He's twins? All about identical twins. Oh, wow. So, Todd, to continue with your story, so you you told Adam and your parents when you were nineteen. So yeah, I told them when I was nineteen, and I don't want to get the, to you know serious here unless. But anyway. He'll be the funny one for today. Okay. okay. So, um, uh, don't worry about being funny. I can make it funny. If okay, I yeah, you'll, you'll make it funny. <laughs> so anyway, so then I went, uh, so then like a few days later, so I told my parents, they were like, okay, I think they were surprised. Um, and so a few days later, my dad came over to me and he was like, you know, I, I've done a little research. Wow. You're going there. Well, yeah, that's okay. what I was going to do. I get it. Don't, Shit. don't don't uh, do don't muzzle want, him. Why okay. would you I'm not going to muzzle. Like, no, I'm so I mean, sorry. I don't have to. No. I, I'm not placing blame on anyone. It, okay. Is it like, safe to say your dad had a had a problem with it at, at first? No, I I don't think he I had a problem with it. That's uh-huh. the reason why I came out only 2 years ago. I didn't want to be gay. I didn't want this for myself. Sure. So, it was about kind of me coming to terms with it and um and ultimately and and skipping ahead uh, um, I I was I had dated girls all throughout my twenties, mm-hmm. and I guess I was able to get an erection. Um, you know, for a, as was a, I a girl, and some um, of the time, and I and I dated a girl who I really loved for about two years, and we were kind of heading in the direction of marriage. And then I was I was thinking, well, you know, I I don't think I can move forward with this. I've never even had a sexual encounter with a guy. Right. I wasn't one of those people where like you know and. In high school, middle school, I had some little tryst thing. And it's because you didn't grow up with me. <laughs> yeah, I would have seduced you like at thirteen. Oh, that's um, nice. I, that's I was everyone's first gay experience, by wow. the way. Really? Yeah. Um, so, when they were the same age as me, let's be clear. But that's okay. pretty. I mean, I don't want to flip it to you. That you. So you're saying you came out or whatever early? No, I was in total denial. I I didn't come out as gay until I was in my twenties. Like about like twenty one or twenty two. Oh, so you were kidding but about I, the team? But no, no, I'm not kidding. Oh. I I w- was so split. I completely compartmentalized sex yeah. from the rest of my identity and from my emotions. So yeah. I had girlfriends. I loved girls. Yeah. I thought I was going to get married. Yeah. I just thought that gay sex was something that everyone secretly wanted and secretly did. Interesting. Because I did, and yes. so did everyone I tried it with. Yeah. yeah. This is Adam Sank, and you're listening to the Best of Ass Summer Special. And we're back. <laughs> we're back. We're back. That Welcome was Stone and Stone. Um, all right, Ryan. Well, we were just talking about what happened with me and you and Marshall mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that the two of you are younger. So I found this article a while back called 10 Reasons You Should Date an Older Guy. Yes. And I support this wholeheartedly. Although I, I find younger guys to be mostly undateable. But if they want to try to date me, I'm here for them. Mm-hmm. So here are the 10 reasons. Ready? Uh, older guys know who they are. Most of the time. They have their shit together financially, mentally, emotionally, uh, more so than younger guys, not yeah. all older guys. Um, we tend to have our own places, which is true. I do own my own condo. We're more mature. Um, we're not just looking for a party. Mm-hmm. You know, We're usually looking for something more serious. We're less shallow. Um, we're respectful. It says you're far more likely to meet a gentleman over a certain age than you are in your 20s. Having more humanity experience helps you to understand the premise of treating other people the way you want to be treated. 
Older guys are more willing to fight for you, take you on proper dates, and make sure that you come, even if it's after he does. Yes. Um, Older guys are less likely to cheat. It says if you date a guy over 45, he's probably gotten his midlife crisis out of the way. And he's also more likely to have sampled his fair share of men, so he's more sure of what he wants. And if he's with you, you're it. I think that's probably true. I think I'm less likely to cheat now than when I was... Well, from the stories you've told me. A young thought. (laughs) You were a big old hoe. (laughs) Men over 40s are not game players. We don't have the time or energy to play games. That's true for you. Like Marshall did. Yeah. Um, Unless it involves handcuffs and blindfolds, and then we're totally down with those kinds of games. Yeah, you you are not a game player, and you don't know anything about the game. I don't have game. No game. Also, under that heading... uh, People over 40 will text you back like a normal person. And that is 100% true. Yes. Even if I text you to say, I don't think this is going to work out, I'll at least text you. I will never ghost you. Right. Unless you're like a stalker. Um, let's see. We will have more chat, more interesting stories to tell, more life experience, and be better listeners. That's why I like older guys. I like stories. Yeah. I like story time. Shit's happened to us. Yeah. Okay, so this is going to sound really bad. The only reason I like older guys is for the sex. Because if mm. we just get right down to it, there is no conversation. Whip dick out. Oh, my God, look, a dick. I'm just like dick. And then move on from there. There is no, so what do you wow. want to talk about? I don't want to talk to you, my nigga. If I want to talk to you, I'll be <laughs> one to date you. But no, I'm just in it for the dick. The fuck? Wow. So I feel like go. it's the opposite. I feel like younger guys are more likely to just want to get it at, get it in. Uh, younger guys are so annoying. They always, they always have, first of all, let me tell you something about young guys. They, they have no fucking jobs. They have no lives. <laughs> well, that's kind of what this article is saying. First of all, people my age, people older than me ask me, hey, do you have car fare? My nigga, you coming over to smoke free weed that I'm paying for. And get and your you, dick sucked. And get your dick sucked. And you will ask me for coffee. Get the fuck out of my box. Bye. What's funny is that, you know, I'm entering my late 20s. But the thing about your 20s is that, like, you, people that are younger than me, like 20, 21, 22-year-olds, feel like they're two decades younger than me. Like, they feel like, I feel like that, that, that decade, 20 to 30, is just like multiple decades it feels like when you're in your late 20s you feel like so old when you're in your early 20s you feel so young so for me i'm always going older because i just don't feel like anything younger than me feels dateable yeah i mean i i didn't feel i didn't start to feel like a real adult till i was in my early 40s i gotta tell you um just to finish this list older guys will be a better influence on you than younger people and the last one is older guys just get it Anything you're going through, he's more likely to empathize with because he's been through it too, or at least similar shit. So I think this is a good list, and I agree. Open your horizons and your mouths and legs and your holes and your holes to older guys. Um, And speaking of which, someone who was on our show, who was uh, pretty much exactly my age, was Greg Scarnici. Our co-host that day was comedian James Michael Angelo of the Can You Not fame (laughs) with LeBron James. Um, we ended up having a very sexual conversation, the three of us. We, we actually got into a conversation about eating pussy, which is not a usual yeah. topic of conversation for this show. Don't say luch, Rod. Sorry. Um, pussy's beautiful. Yeah, your pussy's great. And that led to my making a comment that is actually part of our new opening. So you'll hear it in context and you'll know why I said, I will fuck you, but I won't eat you. 
This is from May 20th, 2018 with Greg Scarnici and James Michelangelo. All right, Greg, going back to Ask Me No Questions, have you ever eaten pussy? Mm. Yes. In my uh, my first book, I hope my mother doesn't read this, there's an entire chapter dedicated to all the girls I ate out in high school. To all the girls I <laughs> ate before. <laughs> I actually traveled in and out my door. How was it? I actually like eating pussy. Yeah, really? Yeah, I don't mind it at all. You're it was so hot. Butch. Uh, I love eating ass, too, so I guess they're kind of similar. Yeah. Mm. I did it. I did it to a number of girls and women when I was young. Um, As you were like crying into their bushes. I was <laughs> <laughs> their pussies were catching my tears. It was like a wishing well. Is that well. an Amy Winehouse song? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did it because I was having sex with them and they were doing it to me or I wanted them to. They were eating your pussy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and my cut. You know, I, I didn't hate it. It wasn't terrible. Yeah. It's certainly everything that gay men say about pussy, like, eh, it smells like fit. Like, I didn't, I didn't find it distasteful, but it also yeah. didn't and do it. asshole smells like shit sometimes, yeah. so well, save it. I stay away from those assholes. But it happens sometimes. And I'm not a big rimmer either. I love to rim. It gets me so hard. Really? Oh, my God. Um, Why are you talking above the mic instead of into the mic? Just I love point rimming. that thing into your face. <laughs> hey. Um, do you, uh, so did you ever eat puss? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had sex. <laughs> what? That's his ex-boyfriend. I met Greg from my, th through my ex-boyfriend. And, and is yeah. it true that you ate Roger's pussy? I did. Yes. <laughs> so I'm not talking about this. Uh, yes, I had How sex with girls Roger's up dick? until... I had sex with girls up until I was 22 years old. Yeah, me too. And I did stop going down on them at some point, but I still liked <laughs> fucking them. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. Yeah, I can't. You stopped going down on them when you had the dick in your mouth. And you're well, like, sorry, is, I'm busy right now. one of my best jokes on stage. I said, that was, that was, that's how I bottomed out on Crystal. She asked me to go down, and I was like, this is too much. I'm done. <laughs> Fabulous. Um, Greg, who is your celebrity crush? Mm. Mm, celebrity crush. Let's Do go. I have one? You gotta have one. <laughs> well, you guys tell me because I can't think of anyone right now. Come oh, on. Oh wait, I guess Hugh Jackman's hot. Really? I'm not good at this. I don't get why people find him sexy. I find him so unsexy. Yeah. Although his body in the Wolverine movies was amazing, it's pretty obviously. Sick. I just his face, his accent, personality. The oh whole wait, thing. the like Instagram dudes count? Sure. There's some guy Abramov Lex or some shit that I follow on Instagram that's just like. Are you beautiful. speaking Klingon? What's <laughs> I his think name? He's Abramov. Russian. Abramov. Vex. Do you know who that is, James? No, I just want to do an accent. Who's your celeb crush? Oh, God, I knew you were going to ask me this. Who's my celeb crush? I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Come back to me. I always go back to, well, originally it was, oh, hello, I'm looking at him. Abramov. Yeah, he's fucking hot. He could definitely get it in. Yeah. Abramov underscore Lex. And why am I promoting him? He probably has <laughs> you like You know what? I'm, 50, you. I'm so disenchanted. He has, are you ready for this? You yes. guys, he has 299,000 followers. Because he he's naked. Beautiful. So fuck him. And shirtless. Yeah, oh, and fuck here, that guy. And here, is he, he a ginger? In drag. No, he's a blonde. Oh. Which I love. Wow, you're really about these gingers, aren't you? Yes. I'm, it's, Apparently. I, listen. Ge they're going to genetically die out. And so I want as many as I possibly can. Because <laughs> you're going like to be Matthew here Kemp for a uh, 500 years? <laughs> Maybe. He does look like a very beefy, blonde Matthew, Matthew Kemp. If I keep yeah. getting Botox and fillers. Well, I, I always go back to Channing Tatum 
Um, but oh, but yeah. my my oh, yeah, original yeah, celebrity you. crush was Mark Wahlberg when I was in college, yeah, and Mark Wahlberg Mark. was a rapper. Yep, he was Marky Mark and yeah. a We're Calvin the same Klein age, underwear. Bitch. Don't fucking play me. I know. Me. I was I was making a joke before, <laughs> but Marky Mark, I had every Calvin Klein ad that he did cut out and framed hanging in my bathroom. Same. Well, not in the bathroom. That's I how faggoty like, I underneath was. Underneath my bed, so I could jerk off to it. Okay. Yeah. Well, why do you think it was in the bathroom? Mm-hmm. But um. But Marky, over the years, has gotten very Catholic and sort of conservative. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's denounced Boogie Nights. He's like, that's the one movie he regrets. And I don't find that he's sexy at all. He's just an asshole now. Yeah, I'm like, fuck you. So Channing Tatum seems like he would be a good time. I love how fucking tall and muscular he is. And his ass, and I'm not an ass guy, that ass in Magic Mike... And them hips. Oh, my God. Them hips. Everything. His he pads. He dance. He pads what? He pads his ass and his hips. Really? That's, That's a lie. I don't care. But his don't dance moves, you can't pad those. Make my dick soft, Greg. <laughs> no, he he's... And I his, I have to imagine he's got a perfect penis. Perfect. Imagine it. I'm Whether imagining it's true it right or now. Not. I can. It's I'm touching strong. myself. Wait, speaking of pads, you get these ads on Instagram for like underwear that I have love that. I, I've pads in the <laughs> ass. Like, who the fuck are you going to wear that and then go home with some guy and have a flat ass? <laughs> I need one in the front. My ass is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting it's called for the sock. Do you know what I'm waiting for? I'm waiting for a padded bathing suit. Because they have them. I just got one really? accidentally. Yeah. It's some company down in, of course, Fort Lauderdale or like Miami. Yeah. Right. And is it cute kind of like Is that where you bought a house because you've re- reached that age? I'm not that old yet. Calm down, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, but they have a pad that you could take out. So I'll get you the company and you could uh, look it up. Because truth be told, some people in this room have seen my penis and they'll back me up on this. It's not that it's so small, but when it's soft... It disappears, and when I wear a tight bathing suit, it literally looks like I have a clitoris. Let me tell you something, because there was a. I looked at you because I used to be on the beach with you with this one on. I'm like, you must remember it <laughs> from 10 years ago. There's a Park and Ronin bathing suit, and I wish I could find it. I wish I would still make it, but it had a built-in cock ring. And oh, so I've had one of those. Your be- and you could snap it, and so it was like a push-up It pushed bra everything balls, up, And yes. it was so perfect. I had one for a while. Especially when you came out of the water. Exactly. Yeah. That's when it's really small. Or you were in the meat rack, which now they're a baby stroller. So <laughs> <laughs> true. Well, what I true. I always buy. I never buy speedos. I also happen to not like men in speedos. I, I think there's something a little too feminine about it. From, Excuse me. From my eye. Excuse me. Sorry, Greg. Do you wear speedos? Someone. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah, I love speedos. Are you femophobic? I like. I'm not. It just doesn't turn me on. We all have our own thing. Yeah. I, think I like big dicks. I always, everything. I always buy trunks, but lately I've been looking for very short trunks yeah. that aren't quite so droopy because I do like to show off the tush. Yeah, and then my thighs are good too. I just don't want to look like a woman in the front. I'm a huge Park and Ronin fan. I think they have a great bathing suit for everybody. Greg, do you have a they name for your me. dick? Mm, no, I don't. Should we come up with one? Sure. You have any suggestions? <laughs> Uh, how about drag name ubiquitous? <laughs> uh, Hammerhead. <laughs> <laughs> Getting closer. <laughs> Do you have one, Adam? No, of course not. Uh, have you ever had sex dressed as Livonia? Hell no. Mm. I hate that. I find it very weird. Like when I'm in, you've done drag before, James, haven't you? Mm. Even for fun? Only once. Only once? Yeah. Yeah, when I'm in drag, I don't feel sexual in the least. It's like for fun. Me too. And then these weird guys from Long Island want to like suck you off when you're in drag yeah. in Cherry Grove. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it, I, I've only done drag a couple times and it's only been because 
I had to. Like it was the situation I was in. <laughs> what I, does that even mean? Someone held a gun to my head. No, like in the Gay Men's Chorus, we have this drag makeover oh, right. every year, and it gets vo- you get voted on, and they voted for me to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, like you know, they had me in the chair for an hour, and they really painted me. They spray glued me. So I mean, it was terrible. Anyway, I yeah, look it's like uncomfortable. A, I hate it. I don't really don't like being in drag. Uh, I respect drag as an art. I think drag queens are amazing. I never wanted to be one. I'm with you. But when I was in drag, even though I looked like an old Jewish woman from Boca Raton, yeah, I looked terrible. Hot. A, a lot of the guys in the chorus who'd never paid attention to me were being very friendly and touchy with me. Mm. And there's this weird thing. It's so strange. Where they're attracted to you in a, in a way. And I'm like, I don't want you to be attracted to me looking like this. This is Adam Sank. And you're listening to the Best of Ass Summer Special. And we're back! <laughs> that was Greg Scarnici. Um, Ryan, we missed a very important holiday. Do tell. July 31st was National Orgasm Day. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh. 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 Ryan's doing a live sound effect. Uh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. Uh. Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. All right. Um, anyway, so I found this article. This may have been on Cocktails and Cock Talk, and it's called Five Ways to Enhance Your Sex in Honor of National Orgasm Day. The first one is something I've never heard of. It says, lock in some lock and key sex. Have you ever heard of lock and key sex? No. That is sex that happens when one guy's penis shape and size fits perfectly into another guy's butthole. Or if you're a woman, into your vagina. Or your butthole. I've had that before. This makes the sex mutually mind-blowing, even if neither one of them does anything special. Now, I have had guys, and there's one in particular, mm-hmm. who, as you know, has been a long-time fuck buddy of mine, whose dick does fit perfectly, yes. perfectly into my ass. But I've never thought of it as a lock and key. And also, I don't know how to find these people. It's right. not like you can see people's dicks when you meet them or know that they're going to just fit perfectly into your butt please send a mold of so, your dick so it's a little like saying like here's a tip find your soulmate yeah <laughs> thanks okay Working okay on yeah number two turn foreplay into 10 play uh in other words don't just do a little you know licky licky sucky sucky and then go right for the fucking really you know exercise that foreplay never say licky licky sucky sucky ever again. licky licky sucky sucky try to postpone sex for at least 10 minutes um the idea isn't to just preoccupy the guy until he's semi the idea is to really tease you want cocks to be throbbing and hoops to be twitching just before the big act listen that's great but who's, how's who's your got hoop? the time Sometimes you got to keep things moving. Well, like JB just said, you know, sometimes you just want to. Sometimes you just want to suck dick and tell him to get the fuck out. Sometimes you just want to nut, call it a day. Yeah. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Um, Number three is get hands on. Don't just use your mouths, your holes and your dicks, but also your hands. Um, Deep massage can enhance sex. Um, Finger fucking, which I hate. I also hate it. It feels like pencils in my booty hole, which is why I don't do skinny dicks. You hate pencils. <laughs> oh, I do. I do too. I don't like. It. I I find fingers to be very jabby. I don't like a fingernail yeah. up there. Yeah. And most guys don't know how to keep their nails clean anyway. And oh, that is the thing. If you're putting your finger in my butt, those nails better be. That's why the rule is no fingers in my booty hole. You Amen. could gladly put your tongue there. But no fingers. Amen, sister. But some people love it. Um, Number four is introduce toys into the sex act. 
uh, butt plugs and dildos and so forth. Again, not a big fan of that. Just want the real thing. Just want it. Nothing I, like the real thing, baby. Come on, Ryan Frostick. And the last one is about edging. Getting someone just to the to the brink of orgasm and then pulling back over and over and over again. I'm really bad at that. So am I. Like when I get to the, it's just, it's it's gone. And most, most guys don't, first of all, every time I have sex, I never get a nut, rarely. Because all the guys, they always tap out after the first nut. And that always frustrates me. Because I'm like, what's the point of fucking you if I don't get a nut? Like Poor you, JB. you get to use your dick. I get no pleasure in this. It sounds like you're with some selfish people. I am, and it's really frustrating me. And I, I would, I want to blow up far away. Just, just teach people like you. A party wants to get hot. I get real hot. I'd be the baddest bitch in far away, and then tell every nigga no because your dick game is whack. All right, we're learning a lot about JB. Today. Uh, yes. You hear a lot of anger right now. Sorry, listeners. If you'd like to date JB, <laughs> send us, send us your dick pics. And whole picks to Adam at AdamSank.com. Um, well, what and, and, and your net score, uh, your net score, uh, how much you make? Definitely tell me your income because I definitely need your credit to score. Me. Thank you. Oh, thank words. you. Well, one person who knows a lot about how to have good sex is Aaliyah Janine. Um, this was a, an episode where my co-host was Jay, everyone's favorite trans male sex worker, and we interviewed Aaliyah Janine, who was a huge porn star for years before becoming a comedian, and. Um, we talked to her about what it was like doing porn, and also uh, she has very strong feelings about so-called free porn sites like YouPorn and Pornhub. She hates them, and she told us why. So here's Aaliyah Janine with me and Jay from back on May 1st, 2018. You did enjoy it. I did, yeah. I'm actually like having withdrawals now, especially because like there's all these like attacks on sex workers and just porn in general, like they're calling it an epidemic and all that makes me want to do is just go fuck a bunch of people for money. Right. Because I'm like such a spiteful, <laughs> vengeful woman that I'm like, I will fuck all of you right now <laughs> just to spite you. Like, I am so angry at it. I'm like, I am ready. And plus, I'm 39. <laughs> plus, I'm 39, so all I want to do is just hump everything right now. Yeah, that's the way when women get horny, right? Jesus. It's it's not normal. It's just... <laughs> sure it is. <laughs> do you have a, a, a partner? Do you, what's yeah, your love I have, life? Um, I have a couple. I've always had... Um, I have men that I date, and then like I have like a boyfriend, and then I have people that I just bang. So you identify as hetero? Uh, well, no, no, I'm actually pansexual. I date oh, women. Another and, one who has sex with pans. And um, I date trans um, trans people. So, yeah, pansexual. I haven't, um, well, there is a woman that I kind of mess around with every once in a while, but she's a little crazy, but she's amazing in the sack. So it's like, I get it, guys. I get it. What makes her amazing? Um, she's just really good at eating pussy. <laughs> like, it's really just because she does this thing with like her fingers that like only I think a woman would really know. Like a couple of guys have came really close, but like she's just she's got good hands. She it. knows the, uh, the the environment. Yeah. It? Yeah. She's very familiar. <laughs> so. So but you did decide to stop in like yeah. 2009. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was in the industry for about four years. Um, it's very mentally taxing. Like physically, it's fine, but like dealing with um, a lot of the fans, I have um, I have issues with a lot of my fans, um, especially the ones that don't pay for it, because the more majority of people don't pay for their porn, so they're having all these opinions and like what I should do and what I shouldn't do when they're not even paying for the fucking product. So like, yeah. <laughs> you talked about this a lot during the yeah. porn. Show. This is an important issue for you. Is, yeah. is people using Xtube and Pornhub and all of these 
quote unquote free sites to consume porn. And, you know, it never occurred to me as someone who uses these sites Mm -hmm. that people like you and directors and cameramen and everyone Mm -hmm. else, they don't get a penny from any of that. No, no. A lot of times like performers, like we don't get residuals. We get like a set fee or whatever. And then like, let's say I shoot a scene for one company and then they make their money off that scene. And then what they do is that they sell it to like a different company that will turn it into like compilation DVDs. Like, like there's a couple, like one of my friends actually owned one of these companies. He took one of my scenes and put it in like eight different movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've seen or, that too. Or whatever. Gabe porn. Yeah. Yeah. And so we don't get any of that either when, when they make those movies. So that there's that, but it's not necessarily like that's what, what I signed up for. That's fine. But it's when, um, it's when people download content. Cause I owned my own website. Like I had a pay site and what people will do is sign up for, for the website and then they would download all the material and then do a chargeback on their credit card. Be like, Oh, I didn't want this this is a porn site I could never I would never go to that kind of thing and then go and upload those scenes to different tube sites they stole them from you yeah oh that's and that's literally what they do all the time and then these tube sites what they do is that they hire people from all over the world to just constantly be putting up this content so like they have the DMCA's and stuff and they send them out but it's like playing whack-a-mole basically with with people's work right is it I'm just thinking out loud is it not regulated or enforced because is the law not enforced because it's porn and and the authorities don't give a shit no it's the same with um youtube as well because pornhub all those sites are limit like are mimicking what youtube does and youtube is just mainstream movies and music and stuff like that and what the dmca is is basically saying that um the websites are not um liable for what people put up so like if if someone puts up a Marvel Marvel movie or something like that, Marvel has to catch it, send them to DMCA, and then they'll take it down. Like granted, like bigger companies like YouTube will automatically like take stuff down, but like Pornhub, they don't give a shit. <laughs> but no, but they don't give a shit because no one's making them give a shit. Yeah, well, there's a couple companies. My friend Nate Glass, he owns um, Takedown Piracy, where he created this software that um, that actually, like, if people download the scene and try to re-upload it somewhere else, it's like it's all distorted and it has like all the stuff on it. And then he sends, and it also sends him a ping where it automatically sends a DMCA to whoever wherever that thing was uploaded on. So like different forums or different like tube sites. So it automatically does that. So companies, and he doesn't work with just porn, like he works with mainstream people as well. So like there's that, but yeah, a lot of people, like they can't afford it anymore. (laughs) I I brought this up during the show though. How do you stop it when, listen, I'm a a horny (laughs) gay guy who doesn't like paying for things. Yeah. If I can get free gay porn on Pornhub, why would I pay for it? Like, how do we stop yeah. this? How do we reverse this well, practice? One of, well, one of the things, because I am, I'm going to school to be a psychologist, actually. Oh, good for you. <laughs> Just add it on there. Um, well, sex educator. Um, what I want to do is to change the language in the media and um, and in research because a lot of these articles and stuff like now in, in different states that, that are calling porn an, acade- uh, an epidemic, they're saying that it's um, free porn and, and technically porn isn't supposed to be free. It, it's pirated. So they need to focus on the fact that a lot of this stuff that they're so worried about what it's doing to society and, cul- and culture and rightfully so is that it's the free porn, not 
porn that people pay for and are accountable for their actions and, and for the things In other words, that if they, they were really concerned about this, they wouldn't attack the porn industry. They would attack these sites that are putting up this pirated material. Correct. This is Adam Sank, and you're listening to the Best of Ass Summer Special. Yes, that was Aaliyah Janine. We are live again on the Best of Ass Summer Special. And um, Ryan, here's one. Uh, here's a story that came out on July 14th that I wanted to do, but we kept postponing and postponing. So here it is. Do you know the website Rotten Tomatoes? Of course. Yeah, the, the movie uh, rating people. Yeah, it's like where uh, well, movies users get to put in their own reviews. And it's gotten to a point where people actually consider a Rotten Tomatoes score to be the most legitimate yeah. uh, judgment of a yeah, movie. Yeah. More so than what the critics think. From the people, for the people. It's crowdsourced. So Queerty, on July 14th, put out the, um, the top 10 highest rated queer movies of the 2010s, according to Rotten Tomatoes. And most of these had scores in the high 90s. Some of them had 99% approval ratings. Wow. So the number one queer movie of the 2010s, according to Rotten Tomatoes, is God's Own Country. Didn't see it. I just watched that. It's available on Netflix, and it's a, it's a gay male romance. Um, it's these two male farmhands living, I think, in Wales or maybe some countryside in, in England. Mm. Um, it's very much like Brokeback Mountain, Although I have to say, I enjoyed it more than Brokeback Mountain, which I found to be a huge snooze fest. Um, so God's Own Country is number one. Number two is Moonlight, oh, which we all loved. Oscar-winning, beautiful film about uh, a gay black man's journey growing up in uh, urban Miami. Which I thought was fucking beautiful. Number three is one I've never heard of called BPM that I'm going to have to check out. What does that stand for? Um, well, Beats Per Minute. Oh, well. is usually what it stands for. It's set at the height of the AIDS crisis, and it recounts the government's inaction to protect us against the epidemic, the rise of ACT UP, and the pain of the men and women who lived through it all. It sounds kind of like a downer, but we should check it out. Number four is one of Ryan's favorite movies, and one that I love too, Tangerine. Oh, so good. Shot on an iPhone. Yep. About trans female sex, sex workers. workers in Los Angeles on uh, one night. You would love JB, that movie, so JB. Good. And he, here's a case of, what, uh, like we were talking with Frank Liotti last week, here's a case of casting non-actors, but getting but amazing performances out of them. Yeah. They're some of the best acting I've ever seen. Agreed. All right, I'm, in, I'm interested. I'm here. Number five is... Tomboy. Tomboy, which I don't know anything about. <laughs> Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Yeah. That played for no reason, but I don't care. I enjoyed it. So sorry. Um, Tomboy is a French film that flew under the radar in the U.S. despite glowing notices from critics like Roger Ebert. It's about 10-year-old Lore who meets a neighborhood boy named Mikael, and the two begin an adolescent crush. But Mikael is actually a girl named Lisa lying about her gender. That sounds interesting. Number six is Call Me By Your Name, which I hated. Yeah, I was overrated. Thought it was an overrated piece of art shit, but most people loved it. Uh, Call me Call by, your, by name. your name. Isn't that the animated one? No, Call Me by Your Name takes place. Uh, it's two Americans, a, a, like a teenage boy and a twenty-something man, and they're in the French countryside over the summer. Oh, that okay, takes no. place in the eighties. Yeah. It's so fucking boring. Right. Uh, number seven is Behind the Candelabra. The Liberace biopic with Michael Douglas and Matt that Damon. That was great on that HBO. Was really good. Uh, number eight is Carol. Oh. Which I always think of um, on Saturday Night Live, that character, I'm K. 
Carol. <laughs> Wait, Carol was the um, one with Kate Blanchett. Kate right? Blanchett and Rooney Mara oh, it takes place great. in the fifties. I I was not a huge fan. I mean, it's one of those movies. I appreciate that it's a great movie. I just found it kind of dull. Mm. But it's a good lesbian romance. Very sad. Yeah. Uh, number nine is something called Pariah. I don't know it. Uh, which is about a black lesbian who tries to reconcile her sexuality with the expectations and attitudes of her family uh, with explosive consequences. I don't know her. I don't know her, but it sounds great. And number 10 is a fantastic woman. This just came out this past year. Una Mujer Fantastica. Uh, Trans actress Daniela Vega gives an incredible performance as Marina, a transgender singer who fights for the right to attend the funeral of her dead lover. This won the uh, Best Foreign Language Oscar. So as you guys are spending the remaining days of your summer and heading into Labor Day weekend, these 10 movies are worth Netflixing. Netflix and chill, bitches. Um, We don't do that anymore, okay? We don't Netflix and chill. We check your net worth and chill. That's what we do. (laughs) JP's on fire today. And that brings us to our last uh, celebrity interview of the uh, Best of Us Summer Special. And it's the great Peter Page, who, of course, played Emmett on the groundbreaking series Queer as Folk. Um, we, ta- we had a great phone this call was with good, him. This was he, like the best phoner. He was a terrific guest. Yeah. And we talked with him about the cultural impact that Queer as Folk had and how revolutionary it was for its time. Ryan was not only co-hosting, but he was actually here for the interview that day. Yes. So take a listen from June 3rd, 2018, when we spoke with Peter Page. Did you know, Peter, when you started working on the show, what a lasting cultural impact it would have? I don't know about lasting. We certainly knew it would have a cultural impact. I, I think from the very get-go, we were all drawn to it because of that. Um, and I remember you know, reading the first script and having my mind kind of blown, like, are we actually going to do this? Um, and then, and then the, the thought very quickly became, you know, as long as we don't back away from this, I think this, this might just have some legs. And um, lucky for us, it did. But I have to say, I have been hugely shocked by the fact that it's still, more than a decade later, resonating with people all around the world. Yeah, I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me this week when they heard you were going to be on the show, and they said, "Tell Peter there has to be a reunion. Tell him to make it happen. Like, like you're like you're going to create the reunion." <laughs> I know exactly. Tell them to give me, uh, uh, you know, forty million dollars, and I will. <laughs> <laughs> As listeners, send Peter Page forty million dollars. <laughs> care of GoFundMe going? Care of Bed in the Valley. <laughs> I was 29 when the show premiered and for me and my friends Emmett was the most relatable uh, of all the characters on the show we all recognized Emmett you know he was someone that we knew someone we were friends with in many cases I think it was us Um, and and what I thought was really cool about your portrayal of him was that he was a queen but he was also sexy and cool and and real, you know, he wasn't just a queen. What? How did you sort of decide what you were going to bring to that performance and how you were going to play the character? Thank you so much, Adam. That that is um, that's literally exactly what I set out to do from the very very beginning. I read the first the first script and what I saw on the page, which I thought was really revolutionary at the time, was an effeminate gay man who was multifaceted, but also who liked himself. Yes. And that, that had, up to that point, we just didn't have it. Up to that point, you know, the nellier you were, the more likely you were to die or to be the victim of some horrible violence and, and certainly to be the clown, you know? 
Um, so I, so that was, that was sort of what I hung my whole hat on when I was auditioning. And when I got the job, I went to the costume designer and I was like, I will wear anything as long as in the next scene I'm in sweatpants. Right. Like I was like, he, he's not, he's not, you know, he's not Barbara Streisand. He's, he's a, he's a gay who likes Barbara Streisand. There's a huge, huge difference. And it always makes me crazy. Um, that notion that sort of, you know, a Nelly queen is, is sleeping in like a peignoir. It just all of that makes me nuts. <laughs> right, because even the Nelliest among us usually save the peignoir for when we're having like a drag party or something. It, exactly. Exactly. And Emmett, so it's, Emmett it's, had his shit together. You know, Emmett was the character I think that the other characters could depend on. He he definitely was the grown up in the group. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? It, 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 and it's it true. He, he was the he. There was sort of you know Emmett, Brian, and Melanie were the three sort of, we know who we are and we're going to tell you who we are and we're going to operate out of that place, in, in that circle. Everyone else was sort of <laughs> floundering, but the three of us had it marked out our territory and sort of held it strong, yeah. as it were. But and yeah, and it was, I, I wanted Emmett to be, you know, not only the, the, the funny queen, but also the best friend you could ever ask for. And, um, and I, you know, thank you so much. I feel like we succeeded. Absolutely, you did. You had done uh, television before Queer as Folk. You had been uh, on a number of, of TV shows, including Will and Grace. Do you know that, Ryan? That's true. Yeah, I remember. How did uh, tell give, give us the story of sort of how you you wound up getting Emmett? How you wound up getting that part? Well, you know, it's really interesting. So I had I had been in LA about three years when Queer as Folk came <clears throat> came up, and I had been guest starring on a lot of sitcoms, and I had started screen testing for things, and I had been number two for a lot of jobs. One of the jobs I was number two for was Jack on Will and Grace. No way. And way. <clears throat> Literally, I went into audition. They, they all walked, they all looked at each other like, oh my God, we found something. And they said, so listen, you're fantastic. We're doing a screen test on Monday with Sean Hayes. I didn't know that at the time, but with Sean. Um, if we don't cast it out of that session, we will take you. We're not going to take you with him, was, the, was what they said, basically. And, um, and then I saw who got the job and I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's crazy. I mean, Sean's fantastic. You know, he was absolutely, it wasn't still as hilarious. Um, and, but I kept losing jobs after Will and Grace went on the air because people said I reminded them too much of Sean. Mm. Um, that sucks. And I was like, oh my God, did I really, did I come that close and miss my chance? Like, is this it? Was that my moment? Is that going to be my Hollywood story? Right. Um, and then <clears throat> Queer's Folk came up, um, a casting director friend of mine came up to me at the gym and said, uh, I just heard Showtime about the rights to Queer's Folk. If I were you, I'd make a phone call. And, um, I did. My manager got me and I was in the first day of pre-reads. Um, did, did, they, did, read... did you and your manager know exactly that you were going to go for Emmett or were you going to go for any character at that point? Well, they, we didn't know who they were going to be. We didn't know how much it was going to be revised from the British series. Like we didn't, there wasn't anything yet. You know what I mean? He was, right. we were really up in at the ground, ground floor. I got the script. I was actually called in to read for Ted first. Hmm. And I read the script and I was like, hmm, I can relate to Ted's, you know, self-loathing and his <laughs> sad tackiness. I certainly have <laughs> that quality on my darker days. Right. And, and uh, so I went in and I read and I finished in the casting director said, that was great. I'm going to give you a call back for producers. And I said, you know what? Can I read Emmett for you? And she was like, I'm sorry, did you not hear me? I just said, I'm giving you a call back for Ted. And I said, I know. Let me read Emmett. And I, she said, okay. And I read Emmett and she said, I have never said this before in my career, but who do you want to come back for? 
Wow. Maybe one of these four, four producers. And then this is, and this is the, this is divine. This is universal. This is, I don't know how or why I did this, but I said, you know what? You brought me in for Ted. Take me, take me to producers for Ted. <laughs> and so I, I went in to read for Ted within 10 seconds. Our executive producers were whispering to each other. They stopped me. Stop, 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 stop. You're fantastic. You're not Ted. And they said, and they looked at me for a second. And they said, would you, would you go out into the other, would you go out in the other room and would you come back in and read Emmett? <laughs> like it was, like you had never thought of it before. I, well, exactly. I just looked at the cast director and I smiled and I said, "You know what? I think that's a great idea." <laughs> and I went outside and I was totally prepared because I'd already done worked on the scene. I came in and killed it. And and uh, as they tell the story, I was the very first person they heard read Emmett, and they never wanted anybody else. That wow. was amazing. That was my gig. But by the way, you know, now I would never get that job because Emmett would absolutely 100% be diverse. And two, Emmett was supposed to be diverse. That was the, the one hurdle in my getting that job. When they took me to, um, for my screen test, it was me, Billy Porter, and Wayne uh, Wilson, and, and both, both black guys. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not getting this job, and, which was great because it also freed me up to do, to do good work. But uh, the president of Showtime was so convinced that Emmett was going to be black that he didn't even watch my audition. Wow. When they went, went around and discussed it, like, who, who do we want to give Emmett to? Um, the, Dan and Ron said, we want Peter. And he was like, which one's Peter? And they said, the white one. And he said, I didn't even know why. Bring him back next week. So I had to come back a week later and do it again. Right, because now, anyway. nowadays, if they were to do Queer as Folk, it wouldn't just be all white guys. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be. And it shouldn't be. And that's, I mean, it's something we, we all feel collectively as a cast that it shouldn't be that way. That, 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 you know, it, it was a different time, but that doesn't make it okay. I'm, imp- you know, it, I'm it impressed that, I'm impressed that they even had the thought at the time because back, back then it just, it was almost a given that almost every cast was all white and no one really saw a problem with that. And the fact that they even intended for Emmett to be a person of color, you know, they, <laughs> they get a little point for it's, that. Um, but, well, but thank God, they, I mean, but thank God you I'm got it, you Peter, do, because I can't imagine anyone. I mean, I love, I love Billy Porter and he would have been amazing, but you are Emmett. That part was meant for you. Thank you. It was, it was, um, such a gift and you know, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't go back in time and give it back if I could. <laughs> there are some things I would do differently if I could go back in time, but that's not one of them. Have you and Sean Hayes ever had a conversation about sort of where you both wound up and the fact that you were almost Jack? No, because you know, I, you don't want to tell somebody. Like I didn't, I didn't want to be like you know. They, right before your screen tested, they told me I was the next choice. I was like, so you just uh, you sound like such a bozo. But I mean, I, Sean was lovely when I did the show, and we had a great time. Yeah, that's so funny. I mean, I totally can see you as Jack, but I guess you know, I love you as Emmett, and I love him as Jack, and I feel like everything sort of wound up the way it was supposed to. Totally, absolutely. If, if only I was making six hundred thousand dollars an episode, though. Yeah. Right. Oh, cool. <laughs> Peter, when I was searching YouTube to find an Emmett clip, like the one we just played, I discovered hundreds of these sort of Emmett tribute videos um, that are mostly set to music. Are you aware of these? Um, I, I have seen a few of them. A few of them come across my Twitter feed do, uh, every now and then. They're usually they're usually just me dancing. Yes, like the, the devoted fans have created these music videos of of Peter as Emmett dancing to a variety of songs. And there's a lot of them that have to do with um, Emmett and Ted's relationship. And so it's all of these moments between Peter and Scott Lowell where they're hugging or kissing or arguing and there's music playing. And 
Um, it, it seems like that relationship in particular really struck a chord with your viewers, with fans of the show. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, Scott is to this day one of my closest friends. I he is. I adore him. You know, he's been on this show several oh, times. I I do know that. Yeah, I do know that. And uh, he he is just fundamentally one of the best human beings walking the planet. And. We, we met at our very first screen test. We were the first two people to arrive. and They hadn't even opened the doors to Showtime yet. We were sitting outside the elevators together, kind of looking at each other, sniffing each other out. And really, from that moment on, we, we, we fell in love. And they, you know, interestingly, Ted and Emmett were actually both conceived as Michael's best friends. Hmm. They were sidekicks to Michael. And they weren't ever really meant to carry story, and they certainly weren't meant to kind of spin off as their own pair. But, um, but seeing Scott and I in action together, seeing our chemistry and our um, silliness and our, our friendship, which, which was very, very real, um, Dan and Ron started writing for us. They sort of, they sort of went, oh, well, let's, let's make them a story. Let's make them a, a journey. And, and gave, you know, and they gave, they brought in the love interests for Michael, Dr. Dave, and then ultimately, um, Bobby, Robert Kant as, uh, as Professor Ben. Who was hot. But so, um, uh, say what? Who was so hot. Did you say, oh yeah, so hot, ridiculous, just ridiculous. Um, anyway, and, uh, so it was a really meaningful, um, relationship to me, both on, both in front of the camera and behind it. You know, like I said, Scott, Scott and I took care of each other in Canada. We, we all were quite a family, but Scott and I are just, to this day, super, super tight. He's the greatest. Uh, hi, Peter. Agreed. It's Ryan. Uh, first of all, hi, I just want to say that, <clears throat> so I, I was very young when uh, Queer as Folk first came out, but I remember seeing commercials for it and uh, advertisements for it on the subway, and it totally shaped my, like, not only my idea of what being gay meant and like what it looked like, but like to this day, I feel like Emmett's Luke's his like ensembles have influenced <laughs> my own personal like aesthetic as a as a gay man. So thank you I for love that. That 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 was You're that was very, very important. Um, so uh, you had done an interview that said that Queer as Folk was the first show that didn't try to deny that men had sex up the ass and there was a lot yeah. a lot yeah. of butt sex on that show um why yeah. why was that so important i mean why was that so uh revolutionary well i think you know so much of the of the gay movement up to that point had been sort of apologetic i mean i certainly know there, there had been fact there had been lots of radical factions but in terms of the sort of the, the media representation that we were getting, it, there was always this sense of like, well, as long as they're funny, as long as they don't actually kiss, as long as they don't do anything untoward, we'll, we'll, let, them, we'll let them on our television. Right. And what I think was so powerful about Showtime's whole, uh, not Showtime, about Queer as Folk's whole mantra was it was no apologies, no regrets. I'm not going to apologize because I like to get fucked up the ass. Like that was a statement. And... I think that not only was that um, important in 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 the gay civil rights movement was let's stop apologizing and start demanding what we actually deserve, which is some equal fucking rights. Right. Um, uh, it, it was also important in terms of narrative storytelling. I don't think queer folk gets enough credit for 
for being one of the first shows on television to use sex as an actual storytelling tool. This is Adam Sank, and you're listening to the Best of Ass Summer Special. The great Peter Page, I want to thank all of our guests. Yes. Everyone who's ever been a guest on this show, everyone who's ever listened to this show, we thank you so much. I want to thank Ryan and JB for being here every week. Aw, thank ass, you, Adam. Thank you. The ass will now be on hiatus until September 8th. This is our last new show until September 8th. We need a little break. Uh, we need to recharge our yes. vibrator batteries. Um, but, I should uh, get me a new one, actually. But once again, uh, we love to hear from you listeners. So in the next two weeks, as you're listening to the Best of Us Summer Special, drop us an email. It's adam at adamsank.com. It's ryan at ryan frostig. Or no, shit. It's ryan, ryan at adamsank.com. Ryan at adamsank.com. Follow us on social media. I'm at Adam Sank. He's at, at ryan, ryan Frosting. Frosting. With an, N. with an N, even though his name does not have one. Uh, okay. Um, remember to subscribe to Derek and Romaine, you guys, if you haven't already. They make all of this possible through the magic of DNR Studios. Have a great rest of the summer. Really enjoy yourselves. Be good to yourselves and each yes. other. Um, and we will see you back here on the ass for more in September shenanigans. See you in September. It doesn't really go with the music, but that's really it. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.